Handyman is back in victory lane. Kyle Busch wins at Bristol Dirt. And this is the most important stop of the day. It's the money stop alongside Cole Cusimano. I'm Steven Cusimano. And we come to you after a week off. We had uh, another awesome race at, at Martinsville as well. William Byron picked up his second win, the first two-time winner of the season. And then a week later, we had an amazing finish where beating and banging down to the final turn of the race at Bristol Dirt. Kyle Busch ended up victorious and Cole. This was just a... Uh, an awesome race, and you got to feel bad for Tyler Reddick. It really looked like, again, he was in position for that first career win, but instead, uh, both he and Chase Briscoe go up in flames, uh, exaggerating there, of course, on the final turn, and, and Kyle Busch capitalizes after being like five seconds back and, and winning the race. So what does this mean for Kyle Busch going forward, Cole? It's huge, and by no means was that win a fluke for Kyle Busch. Obviously, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe were the dominant cars in that race, but he was firmly in position the entire time, running top five, top ten, majority of the day. And for races like that that are so unpredictable, you just need to be there at the end when it counts, and he was. And he's been knocking on the door for a win most of the season. I think the uh, consistency's been a bit off, but he's been a top ten car. And I think for a guy like Kyle Busch, who – I feel like it's been moderately level-headed for the person he is this season and accolading to the next-gen car. This only does big things for himself and his new team, and it, I think it's going to be huge for that, that whole stable going forward. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a phenomenal race. First race we watched together in quite some time, I think probably since Daytona 500, actually, in person. So it was tremendous. The racing as a whole was great. The rain definitely put a damper on things but I think the numbers reflected that Bristol Dirt was a huge success we had people in the household on Easter Sunday watching that had never watched NASCAR before and they were completely enthralled start to finish flag to flag and it was amazing to see and I, I think it's a, a great sign for the sport I don't think Bristol Dirt's going anywhere I think it's going to stay there on Easter Sunday for many years to come and I think it's uh, going to be a great new tradition for the sport I really think it's awesome and I think you put it in great perspective when you said uh, there are other people in the house that we were in, at least, that, that were that had never watched NASCAR before. Or it didn't consistently, at least, and and they were really taken aback by it. So uh, looking at the ratings, though, Cole, on Fox, over 4 million viewers for Sunday night's Bristol Dirt Race, which was the most watched NASCAR event of any kind of Bristol in six years, since 2016. And overall this year, NASCAR is up 17% in the ratings. So um, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a fluke. I think that we have seen so much great competition this year. So many kind of young guys becoming household names. And uh, it's a great thing. You're starting to see little by little, Cole. And we've talked about this many times over the past year and a half, how important it is for NASCAR to get name brands back in the sport. And you're starting to see little by little these brands like Wendy's, who is uh, sponsoring Noah Gregson at Talladega. You're starting to see these, these name brands that people really care about coming in. I think that's because of the numbers that we're seeing. I think we're starting to see a new audience tune into NASCAR and racing in general. I mean, the ratings for IndyCar are up. The ratings for F1 are up. Everything is up. I think racing has been something that people are starting to get amused by, and um, NASCAR is no exception. So it's been exciting to see that. It really is. And it's also a testament to the next-gen car and, and being a more a more fiscally friendly model, as they were advertising when they, they were debuting the next-gen car. And it's only going to do great things for the sport. I also want to speak a little bit on Tyler Reddick, just because he's come so close on so many occasions going back to like late 2020. And 
the win's coming. It's it's gonna come and it's gonna be he's gonna win in bunches. And we keep saying it, but I cannot say enough great things about this kid's headspace. He is never dejected in, in many places where he should be, just because of the ways he's he's taken these losses. And I think that's the sign of a, a driver that has a lot of greatness inside of him. And I think his future is just so bright. Same can be said for Chase Briscoe, and I really commend him for going up to Tyler Reddick during his post-race interview and apologizing. Just the camaraderie between those two drivers is is so amazing, and it's a, it's a great great thing for the sport. It really is. And you mentioned all of the uh, you know the great headspace that, that Tyler Reddick has been in, despite the agonizing losses. It reminds me of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cole. Didn't Chase Elliott finish second place so many times before he won his first race in the Cup Series? And uh, I could be thinking of somebody else, but I think it was Chase Elliott. We finished second so many times and was just composed and, you know, there was no, no problems for him. And, and look at him now. He's a Cup champion and a guy who contends for wins every week. Um, still hasn't won this year, though, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. And it gives you an idea of the potential that Tyler Reddick has, and it's very exciting to see. And, you know, it was great to see a, an ending like that and, and for there not to be fist thrown and uh you know good sportsmanship on both sides to a point where you know everyone wants to see the fireworks but i think for those two young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves uh it's always a good thing when you see things end up that way and i was happy for the fact that they they both were both in a good headspace after that one ended but let's look at the top 10 coming out of bristol dirt kyle bush of course won tyler reddick still finished second kyle bush was so far behind that reddick almost still won that race as he got things going uh, got the car flipped around in the right direction and, and was able to finish second. Joey Logano finished third. Kyle Bush, or excuse me, Kyle Larson, who was my winner pick, which again, we didn't have last week's episode, but we exchanged our picks privately. Uh, Kyle Larson was my pick to win. He got fourth. Ryan Blaney was fifth. Alex Bowman, another really strong day, finished sixth. Christopher Bell, seventh. Chase Elliott, eighth. Michael McDowell ended up finishing ninth. And Ty Dillon, with the top 10. So a couple of names, at least there at the back end of the top 10 call that really stick out. When you look up and down the leaderboard coming out of that race and the official results from Bristol Dirt, what are some names that stuck out to you? Alex Bowman, for sure. I thought he'd have a pretty good day just being that he's recently got his hand in these uh, dirt races in the off season and during the uh, early 2022 season. And he had a pretty rough go at it. He, he spun, I think, twice during this race, even late in the final stage. And he still rebounded for a, a top 10 day which is insane like a lot of resilience on their part they they're doing great things in 2022 and I think they've been overshadowed by a lot of the flashier names and and the winners but Alex Bowman that 48 team they've really impressed me through the quarter mark of the season Ty Dillon ran another really really great race he's been a fantasy darling as we'll get to later in this episode but top 10 day for him best of the season and I think that they are, could be poised for another really strong run here at Talladega. Michael McDowell, top 10, another name you didn't really expect to see. And even Chase Elliott, he had a struggle-filled day as well. He got involved in a wreck with uh, Cody Ware, and they, Cody Ware kind of exchanged uh, bumpers with him during the caution laps. So he rebounded for another top 10 day. And again, the, the word there is resilience. We, we said it all year. They might not have the car to win but they somehow find a way to be in contention for a top 10 quality day when it's all said and done. And I also wanted to, to bring up, because you mentioned Kyle Larson being your winner. Tyler Reddick was my winner for this race. And I was feet away from victory once again with him. So on the record, two times I picked Tyler Reddick this season. First race was at Fontana, where he led the most laps. 
and had the dominant car before wrecking and then obviously Bristol dirt where he was firmly in line for the win and then got taken out by a, a dive bomb by Chase Briscoe. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot to mention that, but you're right. Maybe you should just stop picking Tyler Reddick and then he'll finally win a race. But it's not a coincidence that the two times you've picked him have been his two best races of the season. And that's a stretch because he's had a lot of really good races this year. But those are the two where he was primarily in position to win and just got, you know, unfortunate luck both times. Did you have a problem with that move that Chase Briscoe made? I thought it was way too desperate, in my opinion. Um, obviously, they were both in good spirits afterwards. Um, but, it, you know, it's Bristol dirt. I think that you want to make that bump and run move on the last lap. Uh, but I think that was a little bit too far for my liking, especially in the case of it being Chase Soretti had a win. Tyler Reddick did not. He took him out. Like, I think that's where I draw the line. Like, if you're going to make a move like that on the last lap, that, that was a little bit too desperate for my liking. I didn't have a problem with it. I don't think it was, I don't think it was like desperate, but I think like I was watching the race and I, w- I said, oh, he's going to take it deep. And he's going to get loose and, and go up into Reddick. So I just think it was more like kind of being unaware. But even at that point, like he's, he's a, a, a very established dirt racer. He had a, a really, really well-handling car the entire race. So I guess it was a little surprising that kind of lost the handle at the back end and slid up into Reddick. But I did not have a problem with it. This might ruffle some feathers here, but I think that Bristol Dirt is shipping up to be a crown jewel type event in, in the sense that it's a, a big spectacle and it's a very uh, prized win. It's, it's you know, it, it's a, a very special event. And I think what we saw was a, a, a finish that will go down in history as one of the best in Bristol and NASCAR history. And um, I think going for a win like at Bristol Dirt or any of those big races, you got to kind of force your way in there and go, go all in for it. And I think, um, no, I had no problem with that. Oh, you're right. That's a pretty good, I guess. I guess you can call it a hot take in saying that it, it's shaping up to be a crown jewel event because, again, Easter Sunday, I think there's something to be said for winning a race on a big holiday and uh, such a hard-fought event at Bristol Dirt. It's almost shaping up to be like what people originally thought Martinsville at at night was going to be. But we've seen some pretty tame races for the Martinsville night race. And I want to touch on that because we didn't get to last week with uh, William Byron once again winning his second race of the year. Again, pretty tame race. Uh, very quietly, as I just like kind of round out the top 10 and look at some of the names that stick out. Joey Logano has now back-to-back top three finishes. He finished runner-up to William Byron in that race. Ross Chastain had a top five. He finished fifth. Kurt Busch, sixth. Uh, Eric Amarola, who was my sleeper that week, he finished eighth. Chase Elliott, another top 10. He finished 10th. Alex Bowman, still consistent. He finished 12th. Those are just some of the names that popped off the page at the Martinsville night race. But I don't know how you look up and down um, the garages right now and you don't look at William Byron as one of the championship favorites after that performance that he put on a couple weeks ago in Martinsville. Yeah, it's really, really encouraging to see. I think we've all been wondering when William Byron would break out and go on these multi-win season stretches. And I think I keep saying it, that connection with Rudy Fugel, he had it prior in the truck series. It's finally coming into its own. They're establishing a, a rapport and it's looking like a special pairing. And I, I think they are definitely one of the favorites of the championship as it stands, but it's a long, grueling season. We're only a quarter of the way through, and it's all about sustaining that pace through this 36-week this season. So I think if they can keep that up, they'll firmly be in position to, to make a deep postseason run. But uh, it was just so cool seeing that 24 back in victory lane at, at Martinsville, a place where they, um, Jeff Gordon had so much success. And on Jeff Gordon for a second, that throwback paint scheme that was revealed for William Byron, talk about nostalgia. Oh, my God. The, the blue and red flames 
I cannot wait to see that on track. Yeah, we're at that point where we're starting to see some of these throwback paint schemes for the uh, Southern 500, and uh, that one really stuck out. It makes me feel old, too, because that's the car that Jeff Gordon was driving when we both started watching NASCAR, and uh, looks awesome, and uh, I can't wait to review those paint schemes as that day gets closer. Well, I guess with that, we can now shift gears officially to Talladega, Cole, and the good thing is this week, uh, we're recording later in the week like we used to because of some, again, scheduling stuff. You were traveling across the country. I'm traveling across the Northeast. Um, so we're, we're recording Thursday this week, which means we've got some paint schemes to review. And as we look at the nickel or dime paint schemes for Talladega, um, I'll be honest, I'm not crazy about them. I really do like the one actually that you pin, pinpointed on social media called the six of Brad Kozlowski, the black and white Castrol paint scheme is awesome. Um, that one jumps off the page to me. What other ones stick out to you this week? That's my, my dime of the week. That's for sure my silver dollar. It's just so simple and so clean. And I think it's a, a nice symbol as a clean slate for Brad Kozlowski because he is the winningest active driver at Talladega. He's tied for second most on the all-times wins list at Talladega. And that 100-point penalty could be, be erased completely with a win here at Talladega. So I think it's a cool little symbolism there. I also am a big, big fan of the Wendy's car being driven by Noah Gregson this weekend. You mentioned it earlier on the show, just having a big name sponsor like Wendy's in the sport is so cool to see. And for someone as exciting as Noah Gregson to be piloting that car for a team like Beard Motorsports, nonetheless, is really, really awesome to see. And looking at the pictures from the shop that Gregson put up on, on social media, it looks awesome. I cannot wait to see it on track. And the fire suit is amazing too. I, yes. I, I'm a huge fan of that paint scheme and that fire suit and, uh, Noah Gregson, we'll see what he can do with it. I mean, he looked really good at Daytona before getting caught up in one of the later accidents there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think that that big of a sponsor wanting to invest with Noah is going to do wonders for him trying to find a cup ride next year. And we'll see how this race goes for him at Talladega. And so let's get into it for Talladega. You mentioned uh, Brad Kozlowski being the winningest active driver there. Won in the spring last year. You had William Byron, Michael McDowell, Kevin Harvick, and Matt Benedetto rounding out the top five. Martin Truex Jr. leading the most laps with Benedetto and Bubba Wallace winning the stages. There were seven cautions. So, Cole, um, I'm very intrigued to see how this goes because we had a couple of uh, super speedway races this year with the next-gen car. You can almost throw out what happened the last few years. And realistically speaking, at Talladega, you can always throw out what happened in previous years. Other than long-term success, guys like Brad and Bubba Wallace, we've seen have success at Talladega. He won there later last year with the rain-shortened race. Um, and there's just that handful of drivers, Joey Logano, who tend to do well at these tracks. But I look at how these two races played out, Daytona and Atlanta, the two super speedways this year, and it has me very excited for what we're going to see at Talladega this week. Oh, yeah, they were extremely chaotic. And I think there's a more controlled racing style with the next-gen car. There's more durability, as we've noted, the entire season. Saw guys like Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr., uh, score top 10s in that 500 with battered cars from an uh, early wreck in the day. So I think it's going to be a great race at Talladega. And I think, obviously, there's the unpredictability aspect of racing at tracks like Daytona and Talladega. But I think what we saw in these two races at Atlanta and Daytona is that those guys who excel at these types of tracks definitely still reign supreme, and maybe even more so than years past. The stats, you can't really look at them for... Daytona or Talladega, but I think there's certain guys, like you mentioned, Brett Kislowski, 
Joey Logano, Bubba Wallace that you can look at and say, okay, they're shoes in to have a really, really strong run here at Talladega and the Geico 500. Well, as we look and uh, continue looking back on last year too, Cole, there were 35 lead changes in both of those races, like you mentioned, and Bubba Wallace won a stage in both of them. So can't overlook that. But again, I want to look more at, instead of last year, let's look more at what's happened this year at the two super speedway races. And of course you had at Daytona, Austin Sendrick winning the Daytona 500, Bubba Wallace, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Blaney, Eric Elmore rounding out the top five there. Brad Keselowski was firmly in command of most of that race. He led 67 laps with Martin Truex Jr. winning both stages, seven cautions in that one. And then Atlanta, we had William Byron winning and leading the most laps by a lot with 111. Byron and Blaney won the stages. And in that race, there were 46 lead changes. So I think that that is something that we're probably going to see quite a bit of. Um, One thing to note, though, also called Chevy has two wins in the last 14 races at Talladega with Chase Elliott winning in the spring of 2019 and Dale Jr. winning in the spring of 2015. So it's been tough for Chevy to break through with this track as of recently. It's been, when I think of it, I think of the Fords who have done really well there as of the last few years, and namely the Penske Fords. Um, so I'm interested to see how things go from that front, but let's jump into the odds also. Pre-qualifying, they're going to qualify on Saturday afternoon. Brian Blaney's the favorite. He's plus 1,000. He's followed by his Penske teammate, Joey Logano, at plus 1,200. Denny Hamlin at plus 1,400 is tied with two other drivers. They are Bubba Wallace and Chase Elliott. And, you know, as much as I've harped on Bubba Wallace in the first couple of uh, minutes here in our Talladega talk, Cole, I am firmly surprised that he's tied for the third best odds this week. I think that's probably going to be a popular name for a lot of people. I'm not sure how I feel about it value-wise, but I do like the other four drivers on that list in terms of all being plus 1,000 or longer shots and still being the favorites. Those are some guys that I I think are, um, I would be pretty confident that they're going to be running up front towards the end of this thing. I think it's remarkable that Bubba Wallace is, is ranked top five in the odds for, for DraftKings this weekend. And I think it's a testament to how far he's come on these tracks like Daytona and Talladega. I mean, you look at his last three races at these tracks, he's finished first or second in all three of those, which is absurd. I think he's definitely going to be one of the favorites, in my opinion, for the win. And he's the reigning winner at this track from the fall of 2021. So I think Bubba Wallace is going to be an, an awesome pick for this race. I think all five of those drivers definitely deserve to be top five in odds for DraftKings, some more than others, but all four, all five of the pedigree and the uh, esteemed resume to, ha- to earn that spot for entering Talladega. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And let's get into some of these, these guys here because I, I think Ryan Blaney, Coley touched on him earlier. He is deservedly so the favorite to win this race. He's got two wins in the last five races at Talladega. Also 84 laps led, which is the third most over that span. A 12.4 average finish, which is fifth and very impressive at such a volatile track as Talladega. Mentioned he finished fourth at Daytona. He led 36 laps there too. So three top tens in the last five super speedway events. And in DFS, he is the most expensive at 10,500 as he should be because it is very hard to maintain uh, consistency at these kinds of tracks. And he has done it better than anyone over the last handful of years. And then, of course, Brad Keselowski, we talked about him, asserted himself as one of the best super speedway racers of all time, specifically at Talladega, when he scored his sixth win and tied both Jeff Gordon and Dell Jr. for the second most at Talladega. Astoundingly, as top 10s in half of his 32 starts at Talladega, with 313 laps led, which is the third most, and a 15.1 average finish, which is just remarkable numbers over that large of a sample size. And it really puts in perspective how good he is at this track and at these kinds of tracks. And over the last two years, he has a 10th place finish uh, as his best, an average finish, which is is the best of any driver in the sport at Talladega. 
And he also won a duel with Daytona. Remember that? He led the most laps in the Daytona 500 and finished in the top 10. And somewhat of a bargain at DraftKings at plus 1,400. Again, he's one of those guys who's in the top five, but it's still a, an enticing value there. And he's a steal at DraftKings if he's at 8,900. So lock him in. Once again, he's also got TJ Majors as his spotter. So how could you go wrong with Brad Kay? And I'm really excited to watch Brad on, on this track because he is a perfect example of somebody who has both long-term success at super speedways and at Talladega and short-term success in this year in the two super speedway races that we've had. And he's just a guy that excites me when we go to these kinds of tracks, because you know, he's going to put on a show regardless of the troubles he's had of the last couple months uh, here over since really the Daytona speed weeks, you know, he's going to put on a show and I'm excited to see what Brad K can do at Talladega this week. Without a doubt. And I'm very excited too. I, I think having top tens and half your starts at Talladega is something that's nearly impossible to do. So to have that accomplishment is remarkable. I think that he's motivated to get this win after having that big penalty. And I think that it's his best shot at a win. We saw a very aggressive Brad get at the Daytona 500. I think you're going to see the exact same thing in this race on Sunday. And I think he's going to be a, a, a factor when it's all said and done. Ryan Blaney, Mr. 007 himself, winning back-to-back Talladega races in end of 2020 into 2021. He's always a contender in these things. He has a firm grasp on these types of tracks. And I think you're right. He's deservingly the most expensive driver in DFS and favored at plus 1,000. But moving on down the list here, I'm going to touch on two guys who I feel like every time you go to a plate track, they're always considered the favorites, but they're somewhat of track bets. And that's Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. And they have the results to back it up. In reference to Joey Logano, he finished third at Talladega in the last race. He has three wins there, which is second most. But his 416 laps led at Talladega are the most among active drivers. He has 97 laps led in the last four races there. But it's been a bit of a struggle to get results since he last won there in 2018, uh, with the exception of that fall race last year. He has a 21.3 average in that four-race span, and he finished 21st at Daytona. So... Never count out Logano at Talladega, but again, I just feel like he's a bit of a trap bet given his recent results there. And I think at $10,300 on, on DraftKings for DFS, it's a big risk for a lot of money. And I think you can build a better lineup by going with the less flashier names, as we'll get to later in the show. And then in reference to Denny Hamlin, one of three drivers to finish top 10 in, in three races in the last four at Talladega. Um, and he has an 11th place average in that span. Also has two wins there, most recent coming in the fall of 2020, and his 395 laps led in his career at Talladega are the second most among active drivers. He finished 37th at Daytona, and his luck has been just absolutely rancid in 2022. I'd steer clear from Denny. I just think his luck's been so bad this season that it's going to be hard for me to instill trust in him, even with his esteemed resume at these types of tracks. $9,100 is a very enticing value for DraftKings, but I just, I don't have a lot of faith in Denny Hamlin, as you can tell. And with the exception of the Richmond win, which was a strategic race, he still has negative place differential in every single race this season. He qualified on the pole the last three Talladega races. If that is indeed the case again for this Sunday, most definitely steer clear from Denny Hamlin. I think, yeah, definitely proceed with caution, but one thing to to just keep in the back of your mind is like, look at qualifying. This is going to be a very important race for qualifying because 
you're going to see some guys starting in the back that are going to be great value picks in terms of where they rank in place differential. And I, I actually misspoke before. I mentioned there were three drivers tied for the third best odds in Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Bubba Wallace. There's actually three others per DraftKings. That's Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, and Brad Kozlowski. They also are tied at plus 1,400. So um, you look at some of those names, and it, it's really impressive. And we'll start with Bubba Wallace because he was that third name out of the three I named before. Mentioned he already established himself as a terrific super speedway racer, reigning winner at Talladega. I think he's motivated to back that up with another win and to do it in a non-range shortened race as well. Finished runner-up at Daytona and really almost won the 500. Had a great shot to win at Atlanta too. And he's someone who knows how to stay out of trouble, be there at the end of essentially every super speedway race. And over the last three events there, he has he has a win and two runner-ups. So he's our top two finish in each of those three races. So a really safe bet. And that is exemplified by his top five spot in the odds this week. And he is a steal on DraftKings at plus 8,100. Also want to touch on William Byron, who I think is one of the better values this week because he is, at least in terms of the odds, he's plus 1,800, which is around the back end of the top 10. He's got two top fives, including a runner-up in the last two years at Talladega. Of course, had the win earlier this year at the atypical Atlanta Motor Speedway of the first race there, but as a super speedway. So there's something to be said for that. And he's over the past few years, he's really established that reputation. He led the most laps and won in Atlanta, scored his first career win at Daytona uh, back in 2020. Speed's always been there for William Byron, as is the case with every Hendrick Motorsports driver at these super speedways. It's just a matter of staying out of trouble. And William Byron has done a better job of doing that as of recently. He's valued at 9,600 on DraftKings. So He's valuable there in terms of, uh, I guess not valuable, but expensive on DraftKings. But in terms of his uh, winner bet value on some of these other sports books like DraftKings, I think he's a much better value there than he is on DraftKings. So we'll see where, again, I think you got to take a lot of stock into where these guys qualify. And that it includes William Byron. I think Bubba Wallace and William Byron are two guys who have asserted themselves as two of the great up-and-coming super speedway racers of this generation. And I think you see guys like Ryan Blaney who've already established themselves as, as dominant guys at these types of tracks. But I think these two guys specifically are trending in the right direction. I think Bubba Wallace has caught on a bit quicker in terms of staying out of trouble and keeping it clean and being there towards the end of the race. But William Byron, as is the case with most all Hendrick Motorsports drivers, he's always got the speed at these tracks. I just think that he has some trouble staying out of wrecks. And I think yeah, he's been getting better at it, but if you're going to go between a Bubba Wallace or a William Byron, I think Bubba Wallace has a bit more confidence in, but by, by no means am I saying steer clear from William Byron because he, the speed will be there. He will definitely have a card to contend for the win, and I think either of those guys will be great picks. Also, speaking on great picks, we'll move on to our value picks now. Guys, you can really get some bang for your buck on in DFS and maybe even potential sleepers to the win. And I think to head that off, we're going to start with uh, Justin Haley, who has a super speedway win to his name in the Cup Series, albeit rain-shortened in Daytona in 2019. But he has a great handle on these types of tracks with four combined wins, two each at Daytona and Talladega in the Xfinity Series. And he actually hasn't finished lower than eighth in five starts at Talladega in the Xfinity Series. So that's pretty outstanding. Through the quarter mark of the season, he's still proven to be a fantasy darling and should be a lock for all lineups, in my opinion. I think he's a nice dark horse with a win as well and a steal at $5,800, which I think is kind of, in a way, disrespectful, you know? I think yeah, from a DFS standpoint, he's been outstanding this season, and he's a very great plate racer 
I think Haley's going to be a great bargain uh, for Lamps this weekend. Another guy who you might be surprised to hear is Rick Ware Racing's David Reagan. Rick Ware Racing has looked respectable in 2022, and Reagan finished top 10 in the Daytona 500 this year, also finished top 20 at Atlanta, scoring plus 26 and plus 17 respectively in terms of place differential points in those races. So Reagan has always been a great super speedway racer. His only two cup wins have come at these types of tracks, and his last actually came at Talladega in 2013. So I think David Reagan is a driver who can win you a lot of money this week in terms of DFS, and I think he's going to be a very under the radar and a potentially a, a winner pick for you. Valued at $5,900, I would also go as far as can say and consider him as almost a lock for your lineups. Yeah, David Reagan is a guy who, when we go to super speedways and he is in the lineup, he's a guy I immediately think of. He has always had a knack for these kinds of tracks and always has been kind of underrated at them in terms of, you know, people not really talking about him. But, I mean, I completely – I couldn't agree more with you on, on picking David Reagan as a sleeper and making him a, a potential lock for your lineup. Also want to touch on another guy that is in that same breed, and that's Michael McDowell. He's been always a great super speedway racer. But this was obviously validated last year when he won the 2021 Daytona 500, finished third in the spring Talladega race last year, which is his career best finish at the track, and seventh at Daytona earlier this year, which we just mentioned. And the momentum obviously doesn't translate into Talladega, but scored another top 10 last week at Bristol Dirt. And this should instill more confidence in him that he normally would already have going into a track that suits his skill set. So Michael McDowell is old reliable at these super speedway tracks. He's being valued at 6,800, which again, like you mentioned with Justin Haley, Cole is almost disrespectful with how great of a track record he has at these tracks. Another guy, though, that looked really good at Daytona, and we touched on this at the beginning of the show, was Noah Gregson. He could be a good value pick, too, because he looked well on his way to a top 10 finish at Daytona in his cup debut this year, was running right there in the top 15 for virtually the entire race, with the exception being the beginning and got involved with that final big wreck with eight to go. And Gregson may be more of a risk than most, but he does have a win at Daytona in the Xfinity Series and four top tens and six starts at Talladega in that series as well. So between 13 super speedway starts, he's only got three DNFs and only one of those coming at Talladega. He's valued at 5,400. So if you didn't want to go for a name like David Reagan, who is more expensive, or Justin Haley, who's more expensive, and want to make room for some higher price drivers at the top of your lineup, I would feel pretty confident putting Noah Gregson in there. I definitely feel the same way. I think it is a bit more of a risk just being that he is making his third Cup Series start, but he's a guy that has a handle on these types of tracks. And I do want to move on here and close out our value picks segment with the petty GMS teammates of Ty Dillon and Eric Jones. Ty Dillon, as mentioned, has been a fantasy darling this season coming off his season-best 10th-place finish at Bristol Dirt. And this is an interesting stat I found. He's made eight cup starts at Talladega, which is a really good sample size, and he has a 12th-place average in this span. Career-best finish of third at Talladega in his last start in the fall of 2020. Also finished 11th at the Daytona 500 earlier this year, so I think he's an excellent value at $6,100. And then Eric Jones was the third driver not mentioned to have a top five in the three of the last four races at Talladega. Another very under-the-radar Super Speedway racer with a win to his name at Daytona in 2018. Also in line for a top-10 day at Daytona earlier this year before getting involved in that same wreck that Noah Gregson did with eight to go. Valued at 6,600, another really good pick. I think of those two, 
I feel like a guy like Ty Dillon could win you some big money in, in DFS, just given his record as a whole at Talladega and how he's performed consistently in 2022. Right. He really is, has been one of the most consistent drivers in terms of finishing above where he was supposed to. And we'll, we'll see how that goes for Ty Dillon uh, this week at Talladega. But some others to keep an eye on. How about Chase Elliott? Yeah, I mean, he's, we haven't talked, talked much about him yet uh, coming into Talladega, but he's always fast at these super speedways. He was the last Chevy to win at Talladega, we mentioned in the spring of 2019. But it always feels like he's the second best on these tracks. Very good, but not good enough to win. And really consistent at Talladega. He's got five top tens in 12 starts, which is almost half of his starts at this track. 15.9 average finish, which is on par with guys like Brad Keselowski. And great super speedway racer, but most of his success really has come at Daytona, finishing the top 10 of the 500 this year. And in fact, is riding a four-race top 10 streak there. But at Talladega, his last top 10 wasn't since the fall of 2020. So some minor differences in navigating the two tracks. But in the end of it all, uh, for Chase Elliott, he's always fast at these places. I, I think he's never a bad bet for the win. Like, he's not a favorite, but he's not – you're not going to – fault yourself for picking Chase Elliott for whether it's a, a winner pick or in your DFS lineup. Like I'd have a hard time seeing Chase Elliott let you down. So he's valued at 9,900 in DFS this week. And I think he's a very solid and consistent pick. If you feel more comfortable with him than some of those other guys that we've already named. Another guy that's a really underrated super speedway racer Cole is Eric Amarola. He's got the win to his name at Daytona from fall of 2016 to the spring of 2020. He's had an eight race top 10 streak at Talladega which seems like an almost impossible feat to accomplish. And having said that, for Almarola, he knows how to navigate through the madness at some of these tracks, including Talladega, and he's had a great bounce-back year so far through nine races and actually placed in the top five at Daytona uh, earlier this year and had great speed all throughout the week. So um, there are certain drivers uh, with Eric Almarola, like I just feel like he's had good success at these tracks in the past. And um, based on what he did at Daytona earlier this year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have some more success this year. Yes. I think in reference to Amarola, there are certain drivers that you have a hunch about going into these races at Talladega and Daytona. And that's my guy. I just think that he, you see him on social media. He's been more outspoken this weekend, more vocal. And I think that he's had the success at these types of tracks. I mentioned the eight straight top tens at one point. And I think it's going to be a very big day for Amarola. I think it'll be at least a top 10 day. And I will go as far as saying that I think he could win this race. I just, I have a good feeling about him this week. So another guy who I want to talk about is Chris Buescher. And he's been silently very good at these types of tracks. I liken him to Michael McDowell in the sense to where he's respected and he has the results, but he won't be validated until he gets a win at Daytona or Talladega. And he's come so close. He finished sixth in the most recent race at Talladega and seventh at Atlanta earlier this year. He also won that duel at Daytona. And he's valued at $6,900. So I think Chris Buescher is another guy who can contend for this win. And I think he will uh, be firmly in contention for a top 10. Well, Cole, you mentioned, I think one of the fun things about Talladega, you mentioned Eric Amarola is kind of like your gut driver this week. That's one of the fun things about Talladega. Like we can look at all these numbers, but at the end of the day, the fun thing about picking winners and sleepers for Talladega is that you just have certain guys who you have a hunch for and you, you just have that feeling and you think that they're going to have a good race. And that, that's part of what makes predicting these races so fun. But what about some drivers to stay away from Cole? Um, it, it's, it's interesting because it's not often that you look at the last week's winner and you put him in this air, but I think Kyle Busch has certainly earned this spot in terms of drivers to stay away from at Talladega. 
hasn't placed above 18th in the last five races at Talladega and only eight top tens and 33 career starts. And so it's interesting to look at Kyle Busch as a guy that, again, won this week, coming off of the, you know, he's been in a solid headspace all year, but his career numbers at Talladega are just really bad. So um, you do look at Daytona, though. He had an unbelievable race. He had a battered Toyota Camry after wrecking early, ran into trouble all throughout the day, and he placed six. That was a very resilient effort for Kyle Busch. But honestly, I, I just I look at those numbers, and it scares me away from last week's winner. I agree. And Talladega specifically is a track where he's been very vocal about not wanting to compete at, and he just has a, a miserable time racing there. So I definitely would stay away from Kyle Busch. I mean, the speed's going to be there. It, it's Kyle Busch, but just those numbers are not appealing in the slightest, and he just does not like Talladega. Another guy who has been vocal about this as well is Kyle Larson, and that's exemplified by his two top tens and 14 starts at Talladega, the last coming in the fall of 2016, so nearly six years since his last top 10 at Talladega. So I don't have a lot of confidence in him this weekend either. He also crashed at both Daytona and Atlanta earlier this year. So I would stay away from the reigning champion, Kyle Larson. And what about Ricky Stenhouse Jr.? He's a name that always pops up at these super speedway tracks. And in some ways, maybe he's like an overrated super speedway racer because he's just a volatile pick. That's the best word to describe him at these tracks. He's always a contender, won at Talladega in the spring of 2017 and finished runner-up in spring of 2020, but he's just so aggressive that it's hard to trust him because he's the one that's always right in the middle of these big ones. If he makes it through and he is there at the end of the race, yes, I mean, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is probably going to win, but the problem is he usually isn't because he's usually right at the epicenter of some of these big wrecks that we see at tracks like Talladega. The speed's always going to be there for him. And again, wouldn't be surprised if he won, especially if he keeps the nose clean up until the white flag. But just a very dangerous driver. He's valued at 7,600, which is right in that intermediate range. So I think if you're looking for somebody that's going to be a little bit more safe, you look at guys like Almarola or Bubba Wallace in that same price range, as well as some like Michael McDowell or David Reagan, who might be cheaper and more of a value than Sinhouse. So he, he's always kind of a trap bet at these kinds of tracks because of his volatility. But uh, for Stenhouse, it could pay off. I mean, you never know. He's just one of those guys where he is either a wreck waiting to happen or he's going to win one of these races. And, and it's been so long. He's won at Talladega since 2017 that it feels like he's due almost. So you, you don't feel – I don't feel great about saying stay away from him. However, you know, he, he's just – again – you don't want to pick guys that are always consistently right in the middle of these big accidents. And he's proven to be that throughout the course of his entire cup series career. Right. And it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when he's going to trigger one of these big wrecks. <laughs> so they'll do the case on Sunday. Right. But yes. I mean, the speed's always there. He knows how to get around these tracks so well. And he also looked really great at Daytona. He was actually a contender for the win. I thought he had a great car. So That'll always be the case at Daytona and Talladega. Um, just such a touchy hit-or-miss pick for DFS and the win. I mean, if you want to throw, like, a flyer on him for the win, couldn't hurt. His odds are really good. I think he's valued at twenty plus 2,500. I have him uh, on DraftKings. I have him at plus 3,000. So he's tied oh, with guys. Nice. He actually has the same odds as guys like Michael McDowell, Austin Dillon. And um, I don't know how we haven't touched on this yet, Cole, but Martin Truex Jr., who led the most laps at this race a year ago, is valued at plus 3,000 this week, which is unbelievable. I mean, I know he hasn't had the best success at these kind of tracks, but 
for him to be tied with drivers like Ricky Stenhouse and Michael McDowell and Austin Dillon well beyond the top 20 in odds, I, I think that's a major, major value. And I would have a hard time, if I'm a betting man, I would have a hard time not seeing myself put some money on Martin Truex Jr. this week. Oh, any of those guys. Those three you mentioned, McDowell, Truex, and Stenhouse. That's the value range right there. Throw $2, $5 in them. You'll, you'll come out big if they, if they get through it. And then th- those are three great picks for – to surprise the win, you know? I think- dollars wins you 150 bucks on any of those guys, and they're ones that we all talked about. Um, Martin Truex Jr. just jumps off the page to me, though. I can't believe a defending – or not defending, but at least a former Cup Series champion and a guy that led the most laps at this track last year is, is valued at plus 3000 on DraftKings. It's just kind of crazy to me. But it is that time, though, Cole. It's time for the picks. Um, let's get into our, our big money picks first. Give me your best prop bet of the week. One that you think uh, could win people some money. You know, I really do have a lot of faith in Eric Amarola this weekend. And I'm going to say for him to place top five at, at plus 250, I think that's my big money pick for the weekend. And again, these aren't sure things. Like, usually they are. But at Talladega, they're not. So we're kind of going out on a limb with a lot of these things. Um, my big money big pick of this week, I'm actually going to go with Alex Bowman to finish in the top five. Just because he's been so consistent this year. Like, he's not a guy that you think of at super speedways and at Talladega specifically, but like this year, it hasn't mattered where we have gone. He's just done so well. We haven't talked about him very much. And funny enough, he's actually tied with Eric Amarola for plus 250 to finish in the top five. So those, I think between the two of them, if you place some money on each of them to finish in the top five, one of them is bound to, and they might win the race. So that would be my big money pick of the weekend. Um, I'm trying to remember who went first last week, Cole, for Bristol Dirt. I believe you picked first, correct? Yes. So that leaves me to pick first for the winners and the sleepers this week. And um, I've had this, I've had my mind made up all week. If the low hanging fruit was going to be there, I'm going to take it. And I am picking Ryan Blaney to win this race. Blaney all year has been knocking on the door. He's looked fast everywhere we've gone. He is the favorite at Talladega. He has been, he has had really unmatched consistency over the last few years at super speedways and namely Talladega. He's plus 1000 to win this race, which is the, you know, the best odds of any driver in terms of the favorites. And I I like that a lot. I think Ryan Blaney is going to go out there. He's going to win at Talladega like a lot of people expect him to do. And then you get to the sleepers this week, and that's where things get interesting. We dive into all these crazy fun uh, odds and the trends and guys like David Reagan and Michael McDowell and how fun it is. But, again, I mentioned this a few minutes ago at Talladega. You're going to pick the guy that, that, that has your gut. And right now, the guy that, that has my gut is Daniel Suarez. He's just been racing so hungry this year. Haven't t- mentioned his name once this entire episode. Um, and it just feels like for him that win's going to come when you least expect it. He's got a few top fives this year. He's having a career year in every sense of the word. Trackhouse racing has been extremely fast. And he is plus 6,000 to win this race, tied with Justin Haley. So love the, uh, the value there. He looked really good at Daytona. And again, you look at all the trends, you look at all the, the history for these drivers. I, I think you got to go with your gut at Talladega. And my gut is telling me Daniel Suarez might win this race. Excellent. I, I, that's a great pick. He, he had a really fast car at Daytona, but I think he also ran very well at uh, Atlanta. So that's a great pick in Daniel Suarez for your sleeper. Yep. And Ryan Blaney, if he's going to win anywhere, it's going to be Talladega. <laughs> and uh, I think he's definitely the favorite for the win for a reason. For myself, for my winner, I'm going to go with O'Reliable in Brett Kozlowski. I think he breaks that tie with Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon for sole possession of second on the all-time wins list with seven at Talladega. 
I think he is determined more than ever to get a victory, being in that big points deficit that he took earlier this year for that penalty. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think that that clean white car, the white fire suit, I think it, it signifies a clean slate, a new beginning, and I think that's going to all begin with a win at Talladega. For my sleeper, I have a question. Do, is it 15 and lower or below 15 in the odds? Below 15. So I think this week per DraftKings, it's Ross Chastain yeah. and beyond. Okay, cool. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Buescher. I think that you're going to need a good pusher for the win, and Greg Kostowski's best pusher is going to be his teammate, Chris Buescher. And he had a really strong run at, Tal- at uh, Daytona, really strong run at Atlanta, finished top 10 there, won the duel at Daytona earlier this year and he's been knocking on the door for a win. I don't think he'll get the win this weekend because he's going to be pushing his teammate to victory, but I think that he is going to be firmly in command for a strong top 10, top five day. Chris Buescher was a guy I really thought of. I mean, he looked so good at Speed Weeks, and Cole, you picked the two guys that won the duel, so you can't go wrong there. Um, And he's just, again, he's a guy we didn't touch on, making him a very underrated super speedway racer, and I've got a lot of confidence in what Chris Buescher can do this week, as well as obviously Brad Keselowski. I mean, you cannot go wrong with picking him at Talladega. He's, when I think of Talladega, Brad is the first driver I think of. And so it, it makes all the sense in the world that he would end up in victory lane. And I love the symbolism you brought into your prediction too, with the clean slate. It just seems like something that would make a lot of sense for Brad to be in victory lane this week, but it's the Geico 500, 188 laps, 500 miles at NASCAR's longest and fastest track. Uh, qualifying will take place on uh Saturday of this week, 11 o'clock in the morning. The race will take place at 3 o'clock Eastern time, and you can catch it on Fox. It's going to be exciting. Uh, The next-gen car has proven to be exciting at every track we've gone to, so I can't wait to see uh, what it looks like at Talladega. So get your picks in. Follow us on social media at the underscore money stop. Stay tuned for some more of the uh, paint schemes as uh, they continue to roll out, not just for Talladega, but also for the throwback paint schemes at Darlington in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll have great coverage throughout social media all week. Cole's going to have uh, great stories being posted up on his Twitter all week long as well, at Cole underscore Cusimato underscore. So stay tuned there. Subscribe and all that good stuff to The Money Stop as we're going to drop the jack on the most important stop of the day. For Cole, I'm Steven, and we'll see you next week. Gotta make them want to come back from more.